0: Hi, and welcome to IndieWire's Filmmaker Toolkit Podcast. I'm Chris Alfault, the editor of the Toolkit. My guest today is writer-director Jeremy Jasper, whose new film, Patty Cakes, premiered at Sundance uh, this year and, uh, and well, quickly uh, started a bidding war and Fox Searchlight won that, and they're bringing it to theaters on August 18th. Just briefly, because it mean, is a unique story. It's a story of Patty Cakes. Uh, Patricia Dombrowski, did do I that right? One? Patricia yeah, Dombrowski. Yeah, got it. Um, A uh, young Jerseyite uh, with dreams of rap stardom, stuck in a town um, of—is it it cruel for me to say—small-minded, some somewhat misogynistic. She's in Trumpland. Yeah, she's in (laughs) (laughs) Trumpland. Yeah, and uh, and uh, yeah, so it's 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 not like a film you've seen before. And uh, Jeremy wrote all the music, directed it, it, wrote it, and I'm guessing, like, this is like what part of your life, Patty Cakes now. How many how long has Pat, I mean, still, uh,
1: yeah. I mean, I started writing Patty right before my kid was born and he's going to turn 4 uh right after the film comes out. So, yeah, a 4-year run.
0: And that's the thing though. I mean, like your film, I mean, you had the Sundance dream I mean, that night that that or that day, that afternoon in the Eccles, yeah. you had a killer screening and it by the morning, the trades had announced it sold for a shit ton of money. Like, there's an element here that I don't think people understand, which is it's not over. No, there. I thought it was. It's over. not over there. Like Patty Case is like.
1: It's just begun for me. Yeah. I'm ready for it to be done. But yeah, yeah. It's I'm still in it.
0: But then there's also you're also doing a soundtrack, right? Like, yes. A, so
1: that's where I'm in right now. Yeah, we uh, we signed a. We're putting out the soundtrack with Republic Records, who are like the biggest guys in the game, so they do like, you know, Drake and Nicki Minaj and Florence and the Machine and all this stuff and so we're doing, I mean I couldn't get arrested music. I've been making music for I don't know, twenty five years and definitely like the last ten I couldn't get anything going and now yeah we're doing a we're doing a soundtrack so I'm going back in and Do you um, re record everything? No, no, no. It's more like, you know, there's there's songs that are really short in the film. Mm-hmm. So I get to actually make them full songs, new oh, verses. So you're full okay, yeah, right. Um I'm writing new songs. We're going to make a music video in a couple mm-hmm. weeks with Patty and uh, the group, which is really cool. Like a new, just like a new summer song uh, that I'm excited about. So yeah, it just keeps on kind of growing.
0: Well, let's start there because one thing that I think is really interesting is that you, uh, you know, you, you grew up wanting to make music. Yes. And you found, I mean, you didn't find film, I'm sure you grew up, you were watching film your whole life, but yeah. this, the, the idea of and the desire to be a visual artist yeah. to, uh, and you started doing commercials and, and, and some videos for your band, that that's something that kind of came as an adult. It came yeah, later, right? Yeah, it came right? later, yeah. What, 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 what was that? Was that...
1: Well, I was always very intimidated by filmmaking. It seemed like you needed so much education. Um, you needed to go to film school. You needed to put years and years and years. It was like becoming a doctor or something like that. And and I'm not very technically savvy. And so it just seemed like I always loved film and grew up with with movies and was, saw a lot of movies growing up and grew up in front of the television. Um, but it just never seemed like something that I would be able to do. Um, and then I went to Wesleyan and the Filmmakers, the, the the kids that knew they wanted to be filmmakers knew so early, mm-hmm. um, and it was such an exclusive club that it, it. I was just like, well, that's not. I'm just not there yet, and so it took, it took a lot of years for me to to realize and see friends make films and and see what the process was mm-hmm. like for me to be like, oh, this is, I can I can give a go at this.
0: I often think about it because you know even since we went to school. Film school has a, yeah. is blown up. It's yeah. not like there's more jobs in film. It's right. just like, you know, um, you know, Wesleyan was kind of a rarity at that sense, like a small liberal arts school that had like a full-on film program. They all do now. Right? Yeah, and, yeah, and exactly. yeah. It's like the new English major. And there's that element of people at that age knowing that they love film and they would love to work in it. But I don't know that necessarily they have an instinct that they want to make films or that or that they have this drive of like i and there's something about and just i think your story that i think highlights this but being driven by wanting to tell stories wanting to like having something it's like a utility of you know and maybe it's also you you had been your your outlet had been music but then this idea of you know kind of in your 20s or late 20s this idea of like I want to I want to try this yeah
1: yeah I mean I was in a band for many years and I was sick of talking about myself and I, I still wanted to make music but I wanted to tell other people's stories through music so that, that being a front man
0: because you were also the lead yeah. singer is that-
1: yeah, you get kind of sick of your own voice and there's only so, I, you know, I did it for close to a decade and it was mm-hmm. kind of like, there's, no, there's, there's nowhere for me to go with this anymore. That's, mm-hmm. the, it, it felt really stale and so then when the idea f- for doing this film and, and kind of having this alter ego of, of Patty to kind of write for um, and record for, it sort of opened up a whole new world for me. It was sort of a combination of dealing with the uh, people that I grew up around the place where I grew up and these characters, and then also
0: my kind of need to mm-hmm. to, to make music. Let's just, before we go into that, because I wanted to, yeah. what did demystify the filmmaking process for you? Well, when I went to, uh, after my band broke up, well, right
1: before my band broke up, I, I I was really into stop motion animation, and I was kind of obsessed with Terry Gilliam and kind of his, his trajectory, and especially his Stop motion stuff that he did, like around the uh, the, the Monty Python type stuff. And um, I was introduced to Ben Zeitlin through a mutual friend, Park. Yeah, so so Ben uh, came from Stop Motion and, and we got together and collaborated on a music video for my band. It's kind of like the death knell of, of the band. And we broke up a few months later, and then he invited me to move to New Orleans to be in his short film. Uh, which I had nothing else going on in my life and figured, uh, what the hell, I'll I'll go and move. And this was like a year maybe after Katrina. And we lived in this um, waterlogged, uh, kind of disgusting, abandoned mansion. Uh, And we all slept on the floor and we
0: made this movie, Glory at Sea. Which was Uh, the precursor to to that group of uh, people that young group uh, making a uh, piece of the Southern Wild exactly. and the kind of the, right. the, the birth of Court 13. Right. And this this kind of collective of... Uh, yeah. You know, well, if you've seen the movies, you get yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: So those guys, most of them were just graduating from college and I was already... Uh, I think I just Older. Turned. I was way <laughs> <more laughs> older <laughs> and, and depressed. And, but I saw... Um, you know, how they were making films down there and it was totally insane. Mm-hmm. It was just like this chaotic circus. Um, and I fell in love with it. I was like, God damn, like they're really going for it. Like this is how you do it. You don't yeah. need oh, what lens is that? Okay, I'm <laughs> turning it was just like, Let's go, let's go, jump in here and it's just like a you know, it's all these like local alcoholics on this Pirate ship on fire, and people are just like screaming, and yelling, and then they came out with this beautiful thing, yeah. um, and that was incredibly inspiring to me. Um, you just let me push this. Oh. Yeah. So I came back to New York after that experience and was like, okay, this is what I'm gonna give I'm gonna give it a go. I'm gonna try yeah. to find figure out a way to get behind a camera, and then that was kind of the next decade. That was ten years ago, and uh, ten years ago, Dan and Michael who who produced. Uh, Patty cakes. We, we we said we're going to make a movie together sometime, and it took a decade.
0: One other thing I want to get into about your background with this is that um, when you did come back to New York, you the the way you ended up getting behind the camera was was commercial work and also also music videos. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, with your your partner Georgie, yeah. uh, um, and you know, there was like a lot of psychedelic imagery. There's yeah. a clearly, a, the Gilliam thing is yeah. is, 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 is apt. Um, I'm wondering, I mean, first off, it was it was a way, I mean, I, I think that part of that is just a way you're able to make things and you're able to make things visual. But in that sense of, of building yourself as a filmmaker, do you think there was some value in retrospect about the fact that that first kind of utility of it was was visual and was to kind of kind of deal with those like kind of instinctive, psychedelic images and things that you wanted rather than jumping right into story. Oh, and, yeah. And, and, and learning how to tell stories in, in short be, beats. and Yeah, yeah. I, for the longest time, I mean,
1: all through my 20s, I wasn't really interested in stories. I was interested in imagery, you know? I became, mm-hmm. like, obsessed with... Uh, Jodorowsky and and artists like that, and Fellini, and like that, where it was really bold, almost cartoony um, and surreal Mm -hmm. images. That's what I like. That's what I lived on for a a really long time, and that was kind of my way in. And obviously, um,
0: it served you well in the commercial world.
1: Yeah, and then we kind of were able to sort of experiment and find our own voice. Georgie and I working together. and she came more from sort of a fashion background and those and like our our, uh, our talents kind of complemented each other well uh, but yeah that's where we started it started like purely visual not really not narrative at all not character based at all and then you do that for a while and you realize oh man this is kind of a dead end like I need more
0: all right so so now let's go to Patty Um yeah. You're looking for a vehicle to tell a story. Um, the kids that you ended up in New Orleans with yeah. ended up getting a, nominated for an Academy Award, <laughs> and and, and uh, you know are anxious about uh, supporting your project. What from from that jump? I mean, why 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 Patty? Was that? Um, I don't
1: think it was a mixture of things. Uh, I was about to have a kid. I was thinking about my own childhood. My family still lives in Jersey. I've always had kind of a chip on my shoulder about the place, and you know, they say you know, write what you know. And I know music and hip hop and Jersey and these kinds of characters very, very well. So there was it just it all got kind of mushed together and was was a place and was a was a kind of I don't know underdog, odd character that I really fell in love with and knew well and was able to, instead of going to therapy I was able to like work out some of my own demons through this character and through this story. So it just it just all kind of clicked together. Was
0: the instinct always that you wanted to do something with music as well to bridge that?
1: Yeah, well I knew that that was going to be, beca- because I hadn't writ- written a script before but I'd made a a a lot of music in my life I knew that that would be at least something that would be different you know it wasn't the age of the musical as it seems like it is right now but it it seemed like I could I could tell stories I knew that each character would kind of have their own genre of music that they would kind of stand in for and I could write music for those characters Mm -hmm. Um, so I kind of felt like I was sneaking through the back door in that in that way
0: because I mean making a musical and we should distinguish your characters don't break into no, song yeah, like right. a manelli movie or like in uh, more more recently la la land i mean she is a performer so right. she's it's kind of it's it's, it's more of a backstage and, yeah, musical exactly, where yeah. she's so but nonetheless patty does does perform and these yep. songs do carry with them emotional and and, and sometimes narrative yep. nor, narrative elements like the thing about it is and i know you have a music background but that element of doing a movie musical is so mm. much it, it, it is, is 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 incredibly tricky balance yeah um and it's it's a high wire act because sure. yeah. like there's a lot so many things you can fix in post there's so many things you could fix with editing and things like this right. but like if you're counting on a song carrying emotional <laughs> resonance there's think there's about a song think about a character
1: that has to to do this stuff believable and we right. have cast you know a lead who had never done anything musical and never rapped before in her life you know that was the that was the thing that kept me up
0: at night was who because because, because patty is 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 early 20s heavyset white girl and i i've met heather she's she's Danielle. oh i'm sorry who's heather i don't know Okay, sorry. <laughs> Danielle, she's 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 Australian. Has never rapped in her right. life before. So, were you thinking like I needed an extra challenge? I'm going to teach this, this <laughs> lovely
1: Australian actress how
0: to how to how to
1: rap as well. I decided early on that I w- I wasn't going to do the find a rapper and teach them how to how to act. I rather find
0: an actress and try to. Why is that? Because Coen Brothers said the same thing that they went. They 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 originally thought that they would go and. And find a uh, folk gonna, singer. They were gonna find a folk singer first, and then they they quick. In retrospect, they quickly realized that it was much well, better to go with. Uh, to, I mean, to get Isaac's up with to speed. I feel like
1: you have more control with music if you have if you can find someone with a decent sense of rhythm. Then you can you can spend the time to to, to, to find it. I mean, Danielle. She's the hardest per- working person I've ever met, so she really went for it.
0: Okay, so Jeremy and I's um, experiment of if we could record this outside <laughs> didn't work out so well when the traffic cop hung over the porch, so we are we are inside outside. and we sound a little bit differently. So, um, you were talking about teaching Danielle um, to rap and that being easier. Yeah, we decided to, to, to cast an actress over a musician,
1: just because there's so many heavy scenes there's comedic scenes there's uh, dramatic scenes there were she just she had to do so much as an actually to carry the film I and mean, she's in every single scene that um, I don't know just wanted an actress first and figured we can we can f- cut corners or figure out something if, if she couldn't pull and it is off
0: it's time I mean because one of the things with, with, with smaller films is time Right, and you know, I mean, I think one of the miracles that people don't realize about Moonlight is is that that idea that they just didn't have time together beforehand and able to. And most films aren't able to shape performances or that's Examples yeah. like this, um, you did have yes. in this sense a luxury of time, and so therefore, identifying her early and being able to work, her being willing to work.
1: Right, right. Yeah, I mean, I got into the Sundance Directors Lab which was a miracle and that was in the summer of 2014. So that's when we brought Danielle Sid who plays Jerry her best friend and Bridget Everett who plays Barb all together. Now Danielle never done anything musical. Sid Dunn & Jay had never acted before. I found him on World Star Hip Hop where he had made some videos in college and Bridget is a uh, cabaret performer in New York and a brilliant comedian, but had never done really done anything dramatic before. So I was bringing them all together, and I had never really directed actors before. So we all got together up in uh, in Utah and worked together for a couple weeks, and that sort of solidified things. And I went three for three with them, and I was going to put them in the film. And so we not had everybody that ex- brings up their actors, there. I don't to, think most do people use any of their actors. Um, it's more of a workshop definitely, for them. Exactly. It's more of a workshop and you, you kind of find who, you find actors that you know. stand in for who you're going to eventually cast but I didn't want to do that. You know, I, they, they, they cast maybe more conventional actors for you and nobody felt right and these, these, uh, these characters are so specific.
0: Is the idea, in, in really simple terms, the idea is if they can embody these people as you've written them and as you see them like you can turn you can you can handle the performance aspect as long as like they're walking and talking like the spirit of Patty and yeah that you can
1: yeah with Danielle it was like the it's the the character is so particular and I had an image of who she was in my head she could be related to me I mean I grew up with I grew up with Patty basically and you know I was seeing actresses beforehand that just felt so wrong mm-hmm. like on for many, many different reasons and when I saw it, even a picture of her, I just knew that's a face that I could look at it's a fa- face I can fall in love with, and that's like there was something that felt tough that felt even though she's Australian that felt very much of like the women I grew up with and like could could be cute, could be beautiful, could be sexy, could be. Aggressive, like there were, there was like a real mix, and then her personality and what she brought as an actress, like, was was that and then some. Um, But yeah, that was that the specific thing. But I'm all about faces, you know. If I can see a face, and I'm just like, I mean, I saw Bridget Everett's face for the first time on uh, she had she was on the finale of Inside Amy Schumer, and as soon as I saw her face, that's that's Barb, that's it, that's it. I mean, unfortunately now, like. Act, actors and actresses, especially actresses that are working and that are into their 40s, like they they don't have that look. That they just they don't feel that real to me.
0: One thing that Danielle had had said to me at Sundance was that one thing that was very helpful to her was you being this song is kind of like I want you to rap or like Tribe, or I want you to rap like like this idea oh, that yeah, you yeah, kind yeah. of like gave her like a style or a mode. I don't know if that meant that you had crafted those songs in that way, but that that that, like it kind of gave her like an attitude or a rhythm or a way of thinking about how to do it, and it became easier.
1: Yeah, I mean the the film kind of embraces a lot of different uh, rapping styles or 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 like different times in history, and kind of mixes them all up. Kind of all even even out of outside the musical sense, like it's like sort of a a collage of, of different time periods and uh, over those two years between when we did Sundance and when we shot I would send her particular songs to learn, different styles to learn and she like, we kind of went through hip hop history, different flows and then when it was time to get in the studio it was like, okay it's like this flow, remember you learn this and blah blah blah. So it was uh, it was nice that she had this kind of foundation. And also that she wasn't coming at it with like Oh well, I you know I'm an expert in this style, so blah blah blah. It was all it was like with every song. It was like we were just we were starting from scratch uh, with her in there and building it up. And we're doing you know we did like two hundred, three hundred takes. And I was constantly changing lyrics and and flows and and she she was very nimble at, at 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 being patient and working with me to get there.
0: Well, I just want to go back to Sundance. Yeah. Um, because one of the missing ingredients, I think, for you uh-huh. as you were like kind of building yourself up as a filmmaker, was um, you had this idea for Patty.
1: Yeah,
0: is kind of narrative structure and how to turn this into a story. Right. And that was something where it it's just not something I don't think he'd ever done before, right? No. Never written a script, right? No. And so, I mean, one thing that you had you had mentioned to me was this idea that. So I just think it's very, really, very interesting. I think most people think that the Sundance Lab, which is very exclusive and helps quite a bit, is about like taking these finished products and helping them just kind of get over the line. They really saw like a spirit and something about your world, right. But it certainly wasn't like a complete. It, no, it's no, like they no. actually helped. Were the start of a process of you being able to like craft this into a story, right? Because like, wh- I mean, what what did you go there with? I went there with a
1: very, very rough and tumble draft into the screenwriter's lab um, that I had written in really in less than a month. I mean, I had been thinking about it for a year, but the draft, I mean, I guess it would be considered like the vomit draft. I mean, mm-hmm. it was pretty, it was pretty raw and it wasn't very uh, sophisticated And then, but I guess they they believed in it more than I did, and they saw something in it, which I, I, I forever will be indebted to the S- Sundance Lab program because they really like pushed me when I didn't have a lot of self esteem about the project, um, and I really wanted to do it. I just I I've, I've felt kind of overwhelmed, um, and they so they had that early draft. Which is I sat down with uh, Tarantino, who's my first advisor with that draft, and I was so embarrassed and like just made excuses for it basically for two hours. Um, and then I did another maybe nine or ten drafts after that.
0: What was the key? What was the Is, is it literally one of these things where it's a matter of learning structure, it's alert or, or is, it, is, it, is there also something liberating about the fact that, you started this project not necessarily knowing the ABCs of screenwriting, right. And, and, and that there's something about coming at it uh, fresh, but then figuring out how to turn it into something that's going to work. What, what's the movie? It took about 100 minutes. Is that right? Uh, yeah, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but yeah. It's right, a feature. Right. But, but yeah. I mean, That's gonna work in like a hundred minute format.
1: Yeah, well, I started first with breaking all the rules, where it was just like totally fragmented and bizarre. And Tarantino asked me if the second half of the film was a dream sequence. Like he actually no, (laughs) 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 the last hour of the film was just one giant dream (laughs) sequence. Um, And then you learn kind of what what well, what are more of the conventions and you learn how to subvert the conventions and then it's just then you then you learn I mean his his big uh, advice to me was like make this smaller make this something that you could actually shoot one day um, mm-hmm. because I had like a huge casino scene and and holograms and uh, there was a heist and it was it was totally ridiculous um, and it took another two years of Constant writing to get to a place where, and then and meeting Danielle and meeting like the people that were actually going to play these characters and seeing what they brought to it, Mm -hmm. to start to and and becoming more open and emotionally um, connected to the material, realizing oh okay now I know what this thing is about. This is not some crazy psychedelic journey. Um, This is like
0: actually about real human beings. One thing that is fascinating to me about your film is that not only you got the music which is like in and of itself a, a tricky element not just music but like it has a musical element to it it's also got some darkness into it mm-hmm. you know that opening is kind of an, and, and, and there's also just some darkness in this town there's mm-hmm. there's there's some real misogyny that comes mm-hmm. out. I yeah. mean, you have one scene. I'll be honest with you, like that scene. If I had read it in the script, where she has that battle, what, what's yeah. the guy's and name? Danny. Danny. He's an Danny. amazing actor. But there's, 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 you know, I don't, there's some violence that's done to her, uh-huh. and the, the moment works, but you don't, you know, you're tonally dealing with some things sure. that's tricky, and then, and then there's an element of the group kind of coming together and there's something very sweet about yeah. it, the grandmother, the yeah, friend, the pharmacy. Yeah. So you're just, you're, you're cooking with a lot of different ingredients here. Right. And there's an element here which, all of that to me speaks to something uh, that isn't the ideal recipe for a first film just because mm-hmm. there's like uh, so many things that you're driving <laughs> and you have to control, you know, right. like, like Tarantino's <laughs> advice of like making it smaller, right. and like, you know, and obviously you did, but... That element of tonally, of balancing the music, uh, that's that just is something um, that, you know, I'm, I'm curious, is it because all of that is unified in your head and because you can see this world, mm-hmm. that you have the confidence that that I'm gonna be able to do this never having made a feature before? Yeah. Or, is it, or is it in retrospect, is it almost like no, naive, I, a beautiful naivete? Cause I mean, you do pull it off, but I mean, it's-, it's
1: I think it's just who I am. I mean that's the big thing because people you say oh what's the tone of this and then people that knew me were just like it's it's the Jeremy tone it's like that's my uh, that's what I love I love the combination of those things or I love like uh, flipping what you think is going to happen to something else and or 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 balancing something that's. Uh, really tragic with something that's funny. I don't know. It, it I never I never any time that I took a step back and tried to analyze what's going on with mm-hmm. it tonally, I would get really tripped up. It was really just an instinctual it's it's your own taste. It's your own it's whatever that thing that's driving you to make this um, you're just you're just following that. So for me, it was very natural. I and mean, people used to read the script and be like, "Oh, well, I don't understand uh, tonally how you're going to do it." And I just said, "Just trust me. I mean, I could have screwed it up royally, but mm-hmm. like, I just knew that I knew the characters. I knew I had a good feeling about what I wanted to do, and yeah, I was confident
0: that we would be able to pull it off. And when you were sh- you guys shot pretty quickly, right? We shot it was a 30-day shoot yeah so in that r- and that's a rush right like that's a rush to get through a movie in. in oh thir- yeah, 30 yeah days. it was very ambitious yeah um in in the act of shooting it what was even though you have it in your head is there times where there's moments like on set where you're like i I need time to get this right, or sure. and, and like it wasn't. I mean, what are some of the biggest obstacles for doing this type of film on a? On a um.
1: Obviously, you know, the, the the you're butting together because there's a lot of different tones, and because it kind of mixes some comedic scenes, musical scenes, and then super emotional scenes. I think films that have more the luxury of time and money you can spend a half a day or a day on like a super emotional scene and someone can get really dig in and like you create a mood and you go there and it's great. What we were doing was totally nuts and very schizophrenic where it was like okay we're in the cemetery so you're there's gonna be a funeral here for the first hour then we're gonna transition so Nan, Nana's gone then Nana's back mm-hmm. and then we're gonna we're gonna um We're gonna have a comedic scene with Nana, and then we're gonna do a chase scene, and then we're going to do a love scene, and like they were all just butted up next to each other. And I have to really hand it to Danielle; like she was able to stay limber enough to like go deep emotionally when it was time to, and then and then be funny, and then rap, and then like chase somebody, and it was madness. But we like we just kind of clicked in.
0: But That's impossible, right? If you hadn't already figured out who the character was. Who, well, no, no, no. With her, like having the time with her. Like, oh yeah. Like, I don't uh, know how
1: you do that. I mean, people direct actors that they've d- just met the day before that morning, um, who are who are like emotionally like grounded in the film. Mm-hmm. It's one thing to meet like uh, like a side character and, and and kind of figure it out through the takes, but someone that's like l- carrying the entire film and the, them being a stranger, I just,
0: I, can, I don't understand how you do that. And what about musically? Is this something where you, you have the track ahead of time and you have yeah. um, the performance, so it's really about the physical performance? Yeah,
1: I mean, some of it more than others. I mean, the the... The stuff that actually is recorded and has music in it—that stuff was recorded sometimes on on the weekends while we were shooting. But most of it was recorded in pre-production. So I recorded almost like an album's worth of material in pre-production. Danielle knew it well. Then there was stuff that she's doing a cappella um, in the film, where you know she's doing it on the spot. I mean, we we've learned it, it was on the spot, and sometimes I would change lyrics on her, and like I wouldn't be. And there was one time I like changed a ton of lyrics, and she stayed up all night. And she just came to me that day and was like, "Jeremy, I'm sorry, I just can't do this. Like, we have to go to an old version." I said, "Fine, that's cool. Mm-hmm. It's good." Um, I'm just like, mm-hmm. I'm I'm always working on it. I'm always changing things. Um, but yeah, like that's that's the crazy thing. You're in a location, you have things set up, and then and then you have to kind of like go through. You go through the script and. And, 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 and knock off every scene that's in that location. Mm-hmm. And because there's so many different tones and styles, like that got hairy.
0: And what about post? Is this something also where now that you have these elements, is, is it about creating bridges? Is it about creating uh, a rhythm between scenes? Oh is yeah,
1: yeah, big time. Yeah, that that that's where I think uh, my background in music came in a lot. I felt like, okay, we shot this thing. Um, scenes are supposed to work this particular way. Maybe some certain scenes were overwritten. Some scenes you don't need them. Okay, how did do you, we? Did you cut scenes? Oh, cut tons of scenes. Cut tons of characters. Did you cut I mean, any numbers? Um, yeah, there was some. There was some performances that we just that didn't. This film was supposed to start a different way. You know she had a dad Artie Lang played her dad and he came in and shot a scene it was insane
0: and it from, the, from the Stern Show. yeah
1: <laughs> it was amazing it was amazing it was one of the highlights of my life to have Artie Lang uh, come and do a dramatic scene you know I wrote him this letter and I'm, I've been a lifelong fan of his and always felt really frustrated that he was never able to really do justice by him as, as an actor and he came in and did this big dramatic scene with her at this flea market uh, or the uh, uh, garage sale that Patty has and it was awesome, it was beautiful. He made Danielle cry and I mean he really went for it but it just couldn't, there was no room in the film for it. Um, so, it was, so we had a lot of that stuff so like, like already,
0: that. So it did work, he, he could put it on his reel, it's just not...
1: Uh... I have to really cut the scene the right way but yeah, he, he brought it. And they look great together. I mean, they look totally related. It was insane. Um, so, uh, we're talking about the uh, well, cutting and losing. Oh, cutting too, stuff. And finally, yeah, and then that's where that's where the music kind of saved our ass. Like there was, there was, there's, a, there's a song, Hunger Games, that goes on for I think seven minutes, and it tells there were those were very particular scenes where this happens and that happens, and MC Light gives this speech, and this. And you know it's all this growing, and it, it just wasn't working. And I said, you know what? Let's make this one montage music video and tell all and do all this storytelling just with this track. And that was a huge breakthrough um, because things were getting long, things were getting boring. And I wanted the film. The film has a certain energy to it. Right. The characters have certain energy, so it needs to keep moving. Any time it would slow down, it would just feel like. It, it, the whole film would just stop dead
0: in its tracks so yeah and what was was the that part who's the the the, the, the green scenes with the rap that yeah, yeah, OZ, what, yeah OZ who is the real is that is that so was I supposed to know who that was is that like a famous rapper or something the, the, the person that the, the person that's playing that character no that no
1: you? this guy Sar who's like a He's, big Broadway okay
0: Actor. So the idea is, is that there's this legend, this person that yeah. she wants to be, and it's like, was that something when Tarantino thought it was a dream sequence? Was is, was that element? Is that was that like a bigger part of it? This idea of of wanting to. 'Cause that's another layer here is this this like I dream of the, the fantasy of, of the fantasy yeah. of being of being this and, and, and you handle that in terms of when she finally meets him. But right. is is that something that was like a bigger part of it or why why is that layer there? Um
1: well I always like fantasy and I needed I wanted to make sure that the film wasn't just like a gritty kitchen sink drama, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And and that's and if it was up to me, there would be more of it. That's like that's that's how I get excited. Um, you know, there was always going to be this sort of more conventional, let's say, eight and a half element. I mean, eight uh, eight mile element, but we yeah. were we were we were calling it eight and a half mile because like I wanted like I'm in I'm into the like we were talking about before. I'm into the more psychedelic surreal fantasy style things and and yeah in earlier versions there was a ton of that kind of stuff
0: is that kind of the dream is to find like that balance that David Lynch has found where people will come see his movies there's enough of it there's enough of a narrative there there's enough of a narrative there but uh, yeah
1: yeah I mean that to to be able to tell stories like that where you're you know tell stories with, with that kind of dream logic is really difficult and and to be for someone to give you money to actually do it is even more difficult um but yeah, those are the things that really excite me. Uh, I th- feel like like the Coen Brothers do that kind of stuff really, really well. I mean, you watch like Barton Fink, and you're like, "Is this real? Is this not? Where? Where? What's going on mm-hmm. here? How did that happen?" Like, um,
0: you know, those are things that are definitely interesting to me. And do you have a sense of what you want to do next?
1: A loose sense. I mean, I'm in the studio now, finishing the soundtrack. So when I'm doing that, when I'm writing. In the Patty world, it's almost like weird. Some, doing some weird sequel, like I'm like just in it. But I have some ideas. Music's going to play a, a part in it, but it's going to be much more. It's going to be much more fantastical. It's going to be a bit more surreal. Um,
0: uh, what does Hollywood want from you? I assume you're taking meetings. How have they? I mean, I, I, people, they're very supportive, you know. Well, no, they, I know they're they supportive, but I'm talking about what projects. I'm, I'm sure there's. It sounds like what you're talking about is a project that you you have in mind or something you want yeah. to do. Yeah. But an yeah. idea of boarding a project is is there is there a bridge between something that's an established property and something that you might want to do, or is, is those?
1: Um, I mean, people have been pitching really wild, big stuff, but it's, at this stage, that's not. I'm not interested in doing that kind of thing. Like, I'm not gonna. I'm not going to do some big ten-pole movie at this stage. I mean, it's it that's totally intimidating and overwhelming for me. And it's like I want to, I want to write my own stories. Mm-hmm. I do, at least at this stage. That's it's really
0: important for me to do that. And last thing before I let you go, um, you know, I think so many independent filmmakers. I mean follow a path that you've had which is, is, is months and years yeah. sunk into to living with this thing and the people in your life live with this thing yeah. and, and, and it's such a big deal and the the hope is is that you get into Sundance and that you you have that screening and it comes alive and, and you know my sense from you is the act of making this film and finishing it was enough for you to know that you wanted to you were going to go do another one of these, yeah, like, yeah, exactly. But but what about that element of in that environment in Sundance where things can just explode, you know? And and that's what happened. Yours was one of the two or three this year that really that that mm-hmm. afternoon in the Eccles it right. exploded and it's it's weird how like four years of work just like that that 12 hours I have to imagine is crazy right right yeah <laughs> <It's> <laughs> what was that like?
1: uh, I mean it's as bizarre and euphoric as you can imagine I mean it's like uh, it's up there with my wedding day the birth of my son and and the showing of that film I mean it's in in and in this Strange way, it felt really normal. I mean, I was around. My family came out from Jersey. I had friends there. Like it was a celebration. I you didn't really know what's happening. And I th- during the screening, I was um, so neurotic that I just thought I thought we were tanking. I thought it you was you couldn't like, feel the energy in that no, room. No, not Where at all. Where were you all. standing? I was sitting. I was sit, sat and watched it. And you know, we had just finished the the mix of it. It was kind of a, a sprint to the mix. Um, less than a week before, maybe a week, one week before. And so, you know, I'm listening to it being oh, that's wrong, oh, I need to tweak that or like, I was just, I couldn't step back and enjoy it. And you can not feel the energy. I could you not could feel, feel it. I kept yeah. whispering to my wife, is it going okay? Like, are we just sinking? Like, what is going, I couldn't, I just, I couldn't feel it. Yeah. And that's a problem that I have. So I had to, I constantly have to tell myself to enjoy things.
0: Because um, um, Is it the same thing When you were performing On stage Oh you're always a, You could not feel If you were You were connecting on stage No You know I'm, I'm trying to get Into some other headspace,
1: Where I don't even Where I'm not even Thinking about being on stage So
0: the and, end must have been A pretty big surprise It was a
1: huge surprise I mean if you My arm was My hand was shaking I was so overwhelmed And, and surprised I did not see that coming In the least mm-hmm. um, You know And then you And then you drink The rest of the day And celebrate yeah.
0: So you weren't making the decisions. <laughs> <laughs> I had <laughs> <two> <laughs> those, those, those decisions weren't, weren't for you to make. Uh, Do we, know, take, the to yeah, we take the Fox deal? Do we take the Amazon to deal?
1: Luckily, there it <laughs> was a long enough time to sober up.
0: But yeah. Yeah.
1: It was well, a, it was a long day of celebrating.
0: I will say this: um, I was I was rooting for your film. Thank and you, There Chris. was there was two moments where it really. I was like, he's really pulled this off. One. The entrance in the pharmacy, uh-huh. which could be so gimmicky, but uh-huh. is so genuine because and I was like, I was wondering if you actually, your friend in the pharmacy used to hop on the announcer. And be uh, like, <laughs> yeah, we used to fuck around with that every <laughs> once in a while. That yeah. was such a perfect, <laughs> such a perfect, and then and then also that that moment in in I don't know if it's a gas station parking lot or somewhere in there right. where where. There is that headbutt and there's blood and and it's just like to find that beat to find that moment that you could go there with such violence being felt towards women and yet give her that to find that tone and to give her that moment is is because that's you could lose you know that's that's something where it's like it's not something that you can work out in the script or performance. You have to be able to under you, that has to be something that's like in your head, and right. um, you really could have lost people there. And it would instead ends up being, I think, uh, this like really congealing moment yeah. for, for for people with her and and uh, finding that. So, you know, and I have to assume to a certain degree, there's an element of also coming to reconciliation with. I mean, I think most of these people are probably based on people mm-hmm. in your town and stuff mm-hmm. like that. There's a, there's a little bit of is there a little bit of putting away some of those things of, of, of those people? Like de- ta- uh,
1: putting away in what
0: sense? In- well, I mean, well, in that sense that you're dealing with some really small-mindedness. You're, sure. you're dealing with some humiliation. You're dealing with yeah. some sense of being an outsider in a place that doesn't... I mean, clearly, if you're making that film in your in your late 30s, you know you're still carrying some of that element of. Yeah, I sure. assume that's sure. Teenage Jeremy, yeah, yeah. post college. Is there an element of like going home? Is now is a little bit is a little bit different. Is it is, 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 is there like is thinking about that is a little bit different. Uh I mean to put you on the couch here. We can. Uh, you. Oh. It,
1: so is it is it different for me dealing with those kinds of characters now,
0: or even just your feelings about home and? Oh yeah,
1: I mean the the film mm-hmm. definitely let me see home in that place in a different way. Um, when you th- when you're thinking about using those people as characters or the place as a setting, it just changes the way that you perceive it. Just driving around, um, and even those, even meeting some of those characters that I, who I have as adults has changed they've changed and some of them have seen it and they don't even recognize themselves in the film which is interesting also um, but yeah
0: i w- that also a- means something different when they have a trump sign in their front yard now yes that's something that's that been
1: the yes that's been the major that's been the crazy thing is like it seemed so much more old-fashioned or naive before then, and we were editing when that when it all went down. And I remember remember being like, the, "You know, the film is different now. Like, the, like what Patty stands for is actually different now. And these this, the town and the townies and the guys at the bar like they stand for something bigger
0: now. Um, and I, th- I think that is true." Um, Jeremy Jasper, congratulations! Thanks, and, Chris. Uh, Thanks for the time. Thanks, Chris.